All right, let's begin. Are you ready to rumble? All right. As I say every, well, not every week, but almost every week, you aren't here by mistake. And I'm so glad that you're here. Today, you're here. Uh, I, I believe that God has you in the right place at the right time to hear the right people talk, to bring about all that's in your destiny, all the good stuff that God has planned for you. You know, this week has been a special week. you got 52 weeks a year, and uh, this week has been one of the special ones. Uh, the reason why is our church, and you might not have participated, so to speak, in this, but this week a team of people, about 11 people from our church, representing our church, went to Honduras, and on the trip, it was especially for uh, missions. Uh, I could tell you about it because I've been there, but I wasn't there this time. So I was very privileged this time to put a young lady, and what I mean young is because the older I get, you know, I think she's like 12. <laughs> Have you ever done that? You go into a restaurant, the lady comes to, she says, I'm your waiter. And you look at her and you go, does your mom know you're out of the house with that? Let me tell you, I, I know that she has the goods. The first time I met her, uh, she said, you know, she wasn't part of our church, but at the time she says, I, I love uh, going on a missions trip. And I was like, what? And she goes, I, I love the country of Honduras. And if you know, if you've been part of our church for long, you know that we own Axiom Coffee. It's about 800 uh, feet to the, uh, e or to the west of us. And uh, we sell coffee that the majority of it is bought through Honduras and uh, through the place that they actually visited this week, part of the place. You know, God has put us in the right place, and God brings connections. Uh, Christy was one of those connections, the coffee. You know, this last month, I've met Lee and Grace and Peter. They're sitting right here. Would you just raise your hand? Yeah, stand or raise your hand. There they go. Look at them. They're, they're, let's give them a hand. Thank you. These uh, amazing people actually are from uh, Kenya, and they have a coffee. That he manages, Peter manages the coffee plantation, the farm. Uh, that's another thing that God is bringing into our path. I, I thought it was about, you know, what, 100 acres, 50 acres, 20 acres, because it doesn't take much to grow coffee. He said, no, Pastor, it's... 800 acres, and we have about a 1,000 people that pick the coffee. So, so you know, there, there's some reason that God has put us in the place of coffee. And anybody who drinks coffee is going to heaven, so that's good news. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but this week, during this uh, missions trip, where we buy coffee, there's also medical missions. And, and I just want to tell you everything, but I'm going to allow the team to do that. Christy, will you come? Let's give Christy Beers a hand. She's amazing. I would like to start off by saying I know I'm not wearing my shirt, okay? I forgot. Um, and on the note of looking so young, I would probably have $100 um, right now in my pocket for every single person that has told me that I am a minor. <laughs> Especially in the airport, you know. Oh, the, the minor's checking over there. The, the minor's customs is over there. I'm like, yeah, I know. And having to um, 
having to show my passport, like, yep. Or even um, in the team um, meetups in the churches we'd go to, um, I'd have so many people set me aside. How old are you? You're kind of young. I'm like, yep, just turned 16 last month. (laughs) No, but glory to God. Um, So we are just going to be sharing testimonies today because I know that it is by the word of our mouth that we give glory to God. Um, And we have just tasted and seen of his goodness um, in our short week in Honduras this past few days. And we really want to share that with you guys. And so just really quick, I want to honor my team Um, So if you guys can just very quickly come up here. That's right. My blueberries. Yeah, this was a fantastic team of 12. 13 if we're counting our nurse practitioner, uh, Miss Betsy, that was on the mission field with us as well, taking care of us. And um, I just am so proud of every single person here. I know that in the months leading up to the trip, there were a lot of um, steps of faith that were taking place in every single one of these people. Um, One of the first things we did while we got to Honduras was just glorifying the Lord and what he's done in our lives to bring us in that very moment. I know some people were fully funded by just like that. I know passports were delivered just miraculously. Um, whenever the government said, yep, you're not getting that for another month or so, but it was delivered the Monday, Friday, Sunday, the Sunday before we left. And so that's very soon, um, seeing funds come in, um, an abundance of funds. And so I'm just so proud of these people for just stepping out in faith. And so let's give them a... And y'all can be seated. Um, so yeah, I know that you guys have just heard the story so many times of how I came about here, and some of you guys probably remember the first Sunday I came here, um, and it's whenever Abel Rodriguez, the previous CEO of WGO, came and preached, um, but this story started a very long time ago, and I'm not going to share too much because this isn't about me. Um, it's about the Lord. But again, through my words and through my testimony, I want to encourage you guys, and I want to honor him. And so I don't know if you guys know, but I was raised Buddhist. I was going to be a nurse. And when I was 15, the Lord radically saved me. Um, and he told me, I don't want you to just fix people like physically, but like I want you to go after their hearts. Um, And then that's whenever he put missions on my heart. And since I was 16, I just loved the Lord and um, continuously just prayed for his will to be done. And just continuously praying um, what missions meant in my life. And so as I went to college, I finally um, went to Honduras for the first time. And I spent three months there. And my very first trip there, it was like the first week I asked the Lord, okay, Lord, what's next? (laughs) And... He showed me a very clear vision of me working at a coffee shop that sold Honduran beans. (laughs) And me continuously going back and forth to Honduras and the States, but being somewhat of a a middle ground for now, um, but leading teams. And so I was like, okay, don't really know how that's going to happen, but I trust you with that. And that was about three years ago. And so I graduate from college. I come back from... (sighs) Um, Honduras to the U.S. I get a job and 
once at this other coffee shop, not Axiom, and I meet this man that just makes a lot of weird jokes. <laughs> and eventually, we got to know each other. I shared my testimony. He asked me what I felt the Lord placed on my life, and I told him, well, the Lord showed me a vision of me working at a coffee shop that sold Honduran beans and me doing ministry there, but also leading teams to Honduras because I love missions. I want to be a missionary. I'm going to do that. But I have no idea like what that means or when. And so I'm just waiting. I'm waiting on the Lord. He's like, do you know? Do you know who I am? I was like, yeah, you get chamomile tea. Um, and that Mr. Chamomile tea is Mr. Miller, and he shared how he is a pastor of the chapel and how the chapel has a coffee shop called Axiom Coffee um, and how you guys are mission um, mindset and how you guys go on mission trips to Honduras and how all of the coffee beans from Axiom are from Honduras. And I was like... Lord, is this really it? Can you be any more clear? No. Um, and I remember him leaving that day and being like, this is just the beginning. Let's buckle up, right? And it is. And again, from that point until months and years, um, as time went on, even right now, with this um, previous trip this past week that just took place, I can say right now that this is just the beginning. Um, because we have just seen an abundance of just the Lord's goodness and his kindness, not only on every single person on this team, but in every person that we came in contact with. Um, just praying that the Lord would lead us, guide us, speak to us. And I'm here to tell you that he did because there have been healings that took place. People were baptized in tongues. People were saved. Um, we finally read our Bibles. <laughs> um, but there's something so unique and something I love about going to Honduras, and it's this. And I, I'll share this um, at the other churches that we've been to. And it's that no matter what the language barrier is, the same Holy Spirit that lives in me who speaks English and a little bit of Spanish is the same Holy Spirit that lives in them who only speak Spanish and not a lick of English. Um, I remember there was one day, me and Ashley, we were walking up the hills, because that's all there is in Honduras. And a woman's walking next to us, and I'm just like, how you doing? And she just starts talking to me. And from what I understood, um, there she's, she's ill, and there's um, problems with her eyes. And she kept on like pointing at her eye and her heart. And so I'm like, okay, well, we're going to pray for you. I didn't have a translator around, but I was like, me and Ashley are going to pray over her right here now. Um, and so we did, and she just starts crying. And it's that sensitivity to the Spirit that even though she cannot understand my words, the Holy Spirit tends to her heart, and he knows her heart, and he speaks to her and communicates with her the way that she needs to. We're just stewards. We're just the hands and feet, right? We're just willing, and we obey. And he does the handiwork. He does everything. Um, and then we learn, like, eventually, as soon as we did get a translator, we're talking to her, and she's just like, I, I, I feel in my heart that the Lord has touched me. Um, and so that's just super cool. And uh, later she came by, and she's like, this is all I have, but I want to give it to you as an offering. And it was some, some bread. Um, and she's like, I know it's not a lot. I know it's not a lot, but this is what I want to give to you. 
And so I shared with her the story of the woman and the two talents and the man who gave much, but in the Lord's eyes, the one who gave a little, that's, that's a lot in the kingdom. That's a lot to the Lord. Um, and seeing her just, <laughs> yeah, I was tired, man. <laughs> um, and seeing her be touched in that way. And so, yeah, I just would like to quickly invite um, a few of my team members up here that would like to share um, some more testimonies. Everybody. Yeah. It's super cool because um, every single person has experienced a few different things, but at the same time, all the same thing. Again, it's the spirit unifying us. Um, and so, come on, one at a time. Me first. <laughs> you know, it's it's really hard to kind of describe the experience that you have um you know whenever you go to a new country and I didn't think I'd get moved like the way that I did and you know so you you try and think like how could I describe like this incredible experience that we had um but there's really no way to explain it but what I do know is I packed up and I left Honduras and these people lives they continue the lack of resources that they don't have it's ongoing and so this morning I'm praying for uh, David. Um, he was a 17-year-old boy that I met at the orphanage that we visited. He was dropped off at 11 months old. Um, and he wants to be a lawyer. He wants to go to law school. And he was so happy to tell me and Mark how much he loves the Lord. Um, this morning I think of Josue. He was our translator for WGO. All of his family lives stateside. And he's by himself in Honduras, so his family, his mom and dad, and his siblings. And he said, I'm lonely here, and I want to be reunited with my family, but I have to honor God in how I do that. I'm thinking of this little girl named Ami. She was just so sweet, nine years old. Um, she was at one of the churches that we went to, the second church, um, at one of the brigades. And she was so excited to just pull me by the arm and show me all these things. And we were drawing together, and she's giving me stickers. Language barrier and all. She turns around, and she says to me, No tienes un papa. I don't have a father. And so that stuff, it just, you know, it really touches you. As I come back and I live my life here, she'll continue to live her life where she's at. And so just as you guys have prayed for us, um, and financially sent us to Honduras, I ask that you guys still be in prayer for these people because our lives go on, and so do theirs. And there's still an incredible need that needs to be met. We saw over 900 people, and that is a lot. But it feels like it hardly made a dent in what these people still need. Well, I think most of you know this was my first mission trip that I've ever been on. And if you ever want to go on one, WGO is one to go with the most organized mission trip that there could ever be, I think. And I don't know what we would have done without Christy <laughs> dragging us through the airports and customs. We wouldn't know what to do if we hadn't had her there with us. She was a great leader, and we do appreciate her for that. But there were a lot of tender moments that we had, and I got to experience 
every part. You know, they let us go into different areas, do the medical, the dental, and being able to pray with people and minister to people. It was just a wonderful experience. And one lady that I did have the opportunity to pray with, she came up to me and she said, I'm a Christian. You know, we had interpreters. And she said, I'm a Christian, and I believe that God wants me to go out and lay hands on people to pray for them for healing. But she said, I have not received the Holy Spirit. I have not been filled, and I feel like this is what I need. So the interpreter and me joined together, prayed with her. She received the Holy Spirit as we were praying with her and left full of the Spirit. And I just thank God for that. And it was just, everything was just beautiful. It was a beautiful opportunity. Now we just need to remember, I've told the team to come back here and minister here as well as we did in Honduras. Um, this was just an amazing opportunity all the way around from watching Christy just grab the, the team by, by the reins and just go for it for Pastor and, and trusting Christy to do it for um, every single person that's been on this team who's walked uh, the walk, not just talked the talk. There's so many testimonies, so many stories, so many, there's, there's so much time that we can't fit a story into, but there was one that really stood out to me, and I just, I had to write this one down. Um, her name was Rosa, and as I was in evangelism, um, I was got to pray for this woman. I'm sitting there, and she's like, well, I've been saved my whole life. I've been this and that, and I'm like, good Lord, like, what, what am I doing? Like, like, what, what am I, what do you want me to do? And he said, family. And I said, okay. I said, is there anything I can pray for you for your family about? Just, just a little word. And I'm like, she goes, well, I have eight kids, six grandkids, six great, great grandkids. And I watched as her heart started to melt. As she goes, nobody tends to ask me about my family because my family is so split up. And I watched as, as I'm talking to her, she goes and said, um, man, her, her, she was standing there, and uh, it was so sweet. It was such a sweet moment. She she said, I'm like, I, I just got another prompt. Like, there's something else. I said, is there, any, is there, is there something something wrong medically or something? Because, I mean, just the Holy Spirit guiding me, like words of knowledge. It was, it was awesome. And she goes, well, my husband has failing kidneys, and my cousin has, has a tumor, and... I watched as it didn't matter how great the story was at the beginning, that every single person who came through that line had a need. Every single person who came through the line of evangelism or dental or uh, whatever they were in that situation for, they came with a need. Even though it was a physical need, they also had a spiritual need. And just to be able to be in that situation to and, and being tuned in and listening and going, God, like, what, what do you want me to do for this woman? And I asked her, I said, can I, can I pray for your family? And as I started praying, she just started bawling in tears as her whole, she goes, 
I said, I believe God's going to touch you and your family. I believe that he's, he has a plan for you, not to hurt you nor to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. And just to be in that situation to speak a little bit of life into the circumstances that she's going through on a day-to-day basis. So, I mean, there's, there's so many more testimonies. There's so much more that I know every single person has so many more testimonies that they would love to share. But today I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of Rosa. I'm thinking of her family, enormous family, that even though is put together, is a fallen apart at the same time and needed prayer and needed the Holy Spirit to be able to speak into her life, to be able to love her right where she's at in the way that God knew she needed to be loved. And so that's what I'm praying for. Um, So this was my second time getting to go, as it was for a few of us. And I was telling Miss Gwen how amazed I was that I was so much more in love with this second time than the first. Not that I expected to not go and enjoy it, but uh, there's no comparison. It's night and day for me. It truly is. And um, I'll share with you, there's nothing like getting to be a part of the ministry of Jesus. And that doesn't require a title, right? I don't wear the title of pastor or evangelist or missionary, any of that. I don't wear any titles except for child of God. And you and I, we are the same. It doesn't take a special badge of honor to get to do what we do. I just want to say that. The ministry belongs to the body. It belongs to the church, the bride. So there's nothing like getting to be a part of the ministry of Jesus. And I'll tell you a couple of stories that the Lord did. Um, I actually got sick this time around. I I did not last time. It was very easy. And kind of out of nowhere, you know, I was very weak. I was dizzy. I couldn't breathe. I felt like I was going to faint. And my heart rate was through the roof. And um, I was laying on my bed trying to get it. Like it just would not get under about 122, 124 beats per minute. And I was lying perfectly still. Yeah. It's like pre, that's like light cardio numbers. So, um, I'm laying on the bed and just really trying to be very still and get my heart right down. And I heard the Lord say, the power of the Lord is with you to heal. The power of the Lord is with you to heal. So the nurse came to see me. Ashley was not playing. She's like, Brie, I'm getting the nurse. So she goes and she gets nurse Betsy and nurse Betsy's like doing all kinds of like feel the water running down your forehead into your, your cheekbones. She's doing all this stuff. I'm like, should I rebuke this? You know, (laughs) she's like trying to get me to, to chill. And, um, she's, she's, she made me close my eyes and and be real still. And I was like, he's he's still there. (laughs) And she said, um, I see healing on you, like a nursing license. That's what she said. And the Lord had been saying that phrase. I was like, okay, great. You know, woke up the next morning. Heart rate was great. Everything was great. And um, I had evangelism that day and really felt the Lord wanted me to press into believing for healing. So I'll tell you a few quick things that happened on my day to let you know how powerful is Jesus. I had a woman come and sit down and she said, pray for me for my bones. I was like, well, what's up with your bones? And she said, um, I have arthritis. I have arthritis, and she, she's hurting. So we prayed for her, and I asked her, how do you feel? And she said, I have no more pain. I had pain the whole time I was sitting here. When I came in, I had pain. When I sat here with you, I had pain, and then you prayed for me. I have no more pain. God healed her from arthritis. I had another young lady who came to me. She was young, a young mother, um, 16, and she had two children. And she said, I need you to pray for my cycles. I have been on my cycle for 10 days, and I'm in a lot of pain. And so I took her to the passage in scripture with a woman with the issue of blood for 12 years. I said, God has done this before, and he can do it again. So we prayed for her for healing for her body. 
and she was healed too. I had another woman who said, I have head trauma. I have had a husband when I was younger. And this woman was so full of the joy of the Lord. She wouldn't stop saying, thank you for coming to my country. I love you and God's going to bless you. I'm like, no, I'm here for you. She's trying to bless me, you know. Um, And she said, I had a husband when I was younger and he was on drugs and he was addicted to alcohol. And when he would get upset, he'd reach for anything he could find and he'd beat me over the head with it. And so because of that, I have these migraines, and when I have them, I can't see. So pray for my healing. She said she was fine in that moment, no pain, but we laid hands on her. We prayed for her, and I believe that the Holy Spirit healed her. So I just want you to know God, he still heals. He still sets free. He still really is more than enough. And, you know, we're singing this morning about the Spirit coming to to rest upon us. That's not a prayer. I'm, I'm sorry. It's not a wish. It's not just beautiful lyrics on a screen. That's what he desires to do. When he hovered over, over the waters, he looked for a place where he could rest. And he wants to rest on our lives, guys. He doesn't just want to visit. He doesn't want to come in on a good service and move for a couple minutes. And you go back to your home and your home is the same. He wants to rest in your home. He wants to rest in your schools. He wants to rest in Honduras. So as we say this, and as we're kind of speaking, um, some of you may be here today and you're like, can y'all hurry up and get to the word? God breathes through his works. The Bible says in Psalm 145, one generation shall tell the works of another. I will meditate on your wondrous works. He, he's speaking to you through his works. And he wants his spirit to rest on you in here, in your home, in your marriages. Some of y'all are like, I don't get the missions thing because I got problems here. God gets that. And his spirit wants to minister to you too. So I just want to encourage you all that the Lord is moving over the earth. He's moving over the nations. His spirit is hovering over the earth. And he is looking for a place to pour out. So this was also my second time to Honduras. And I agree with Bree. We went last time together. Um, And it does not compare like... My life was changed five years ago. And I've I've been privileged to go outside of the country many times. But the opportunity and the anointing that was on our team, God just opened up doors for people. And I saw how the greatest privilege really is to know Jesus deeply. More than, more than having clean water, even he's our living water. Amen. And first of all, before I explain a little bit about my experience, I just want to say thank you for being the body to me. Um, I've been raised in this church. I'm 25, and I get church, and I get the where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom, and there's joy in the house of the Lord. And so we could come alongside our Honduran brothers and sisters and do church well with them. And we exchanged sweet looks and we hugged one another. And I felt like, oh my gosh, this is my Honduran Miss Coy and Miss Gloria. (laughs) This is my Honduran Kristen McCarley. They're so sweet and they're just, uh, and my Honduran Mr. Curtis and Miss Callie. And it was just really amazing to do work in the local churches that were anticipating our visit so that they could also bless their community and evangelize their community that they're still in as we go home to the United States. So to explain a little bit of um, of how this organization does it, 
we set up medical brigades in local churches that they partner with. They know the pastors, they know the people, and they have partnerships with over 200 churches in Tegucigalpa. There's a church like on every block, but they have partnered with specific churches and they do brigades in these churches, right? So we went to one church on Monday and Tuesday. We got to visit the children's home that they support, which is just amazing. It's a thing all on its own. It's almost like we need another day for just the children's home. And then they, we went to another church on Thursday and Friday. So two days, two different churches. And, you know, you're sitting there when you're, you get to talk to a lot of people um, not as much in dental when she when she's like, you know, next tool, next tool, and you're just handing her tools, and she's doing extractions, and you see these babies with cavities, so you're very focused, and you're like, what else do you need? And so you don't get to talk to as many people, but maybe a mother there that gets to say the last time they got to see a dentist, and so things like that, you get to hear bits and pieces of everyone's story, but I have the numbers right here. While we were in the churches, the members of those churches sat three on one side of the church, and they got to talk to people just directly in Spanish about the Lord. While we sat three on another side of the church, and we spoke through a translator. So we have translators that go with this. A lot of our dentists and doctors, they speak English, either fluently or semi, like enough to get the job done at the brigades. And they just have a lightness about them, and it was really fun. I know that was a highlight for all of us. It was very difficult because we picked them up every day on our bus to go to these churches, and it was very difficult to say goodbye to our, our partners, our Honduran partners. But in evangelism, doing this all day, we would do a morning, and then the church, they would clear out the church. We would eat lunch with our collaborators, our Honduran collaborators, and the church members would go into another part of the church and meet and eat lunch, and then we would do an afternoon, um, bring open up the doors again and do an afternoon, the rest of the brigade. And so just kind of painting a picture for you what it looks like when you come in. Um, so they wait in line, and then they get a sheet of paper, um, and then they go get to sit and wait in line to talk to a doctor, and they have two doctors, and they're fluent in Spanish, and they get to talk to them what, how they're feeling and what's going on and with their children that are with them, how old are they, and th things of that nature. Then they take that sheet of paper where the, the doctor circles what they need and the dosage and certain things like that, and then they go sit down in line, and then they go up to the farm, pharmacy, and they pay, place them in these little baskets, and we take them and now, I don't know a lot about medicine, but medicine in Spanish is a whole other thing. And so you'll get like, but I got my boyfriend, Angel, in the sound booth. He's Puerto Rican, speaks fluent Spanish. He was making fun of me. I said, I don't know Spanish, but I got, I got ibuprofena down. And he was like, that's not how you say it. I'm like, I know ibuprofen. So, so um, you, take, you take these sheets of paper in a basket, and they've, they're labeled trunk one, two, three for diabetic, respiratory, um, high blood pressure, um, just all the different things, and you'll go through and fill them. And I know that was a lot for us realizing, wow, there's a lot of, lot of diabetics, lots of high blood pressure. These are medicines for a month that we're giving them. So it was very overwhelming. So after the pharmacy, um, you fill it and you hand it to the Honduran pharmacist, and they'll call the family. They've got their name, their ages, so you know, okay, I'm looking at this. Um, ibuprofen's got to be children's ibuprofen because the name or the age on here is three years old. So 
Um, so you give that to the pharmacist and then they call the family up and they explain how often do you need to take it? They have to explain, don't make this try to last all year long. This is what, <laughs> this is how you take it and, um, what you do. And then they also can have an opportunity to go sit in the dental line and see the two dentists. Um, so that's what's going on while there's children's ministry in another part of the church or down the street, if they don't have enough space. Um, where we're telling the kids about the gospel, giving them salvation bracelets, and each, you know, color stands for something. Creation, Jesus comes into your life, and so each color represents something. We share the gospel with them, and then we, we clean, we wash their hair. So there's two Americans in each section. We're all over the place. So much is happening, and over in evangelism, um, this week we saw with our Honduran collaborators 628 people and they don't rush you they want everybody to be able to sit and talk with somebody about Jesus but they don't rush you so if someone's sharing their life story hey this can be my one person all day and I love that um, and 49 accepted Jesus for the first time yes that's huge 49 people that's huge that's great and 44 people recommitted their lives to Christ. Um, and then 274 um, Christians who came to the brigade received prayer. So what I wanna talk about really quick um, is just in the evangelism section, you're sitting there with people, I'm hearing story after story. I did evangelism in both churches and it is similar in that you hear story after story or I need prayer for this or I need prayer for that. And there was this, I mean, it's just tragedy after tragedy, like terrible things. And I got this one girl that sat down and I asked her, did you get everything you needed or are you still going through the line? And she's like, oh no, I, didn't, I don't need anything. I used to go to church here, I go to church somewhere else now. And I just love the brigades. Um, so I just came to you know, see you guys, and it was just like, oh, okay, and are you a Christian? Yes, um, I go to university, I'm studying computer science, so it's like, oh, wow, breath of fresh air, because these stories, I mean, they're, they're intense, and so, it, do you need prayer for anything? Yes, uh, just confidence, because recently I got kidnapped and abused. Yeah, terrible, and I'm sitting there like, whoa, just like no one's exempt, no matter what neighborhood you live in, there's, there's a spirit on Honduras and it can feel very overwhelming, you know? And I turned to my translator, who's fully fluent in English, and she's like, I gotta come visit your church. Oh my gosh, you people are getting everyone saved and I love it, you guys are my favorite team so far. And she's like, I'm gonna go to Waco and visit my brother and I've gotta come visit your church. And, and I was like, yeah, and I was just a little overwhelmed after talking to this girl. And I said, that was so, so much. And she said, yes. Um, when I took when I took my part and I started speaking to her in Spanish, what I told her is that I've been through something similar. Now I didn't get abused, praise God, but I was on my way to church one day and I just got kidnapped by men that reeked of alcohol and drugs and they were not in their right mind. And so it's like, whoa, <laughs> no one who lives in Honduras is exempt from hardship. They all have so much that they're going through. So there was one night that, you know, we have devos in the morning and in the evening with this team right here. And um, sometimes our nurse practitioner would join us or Miss Janice, who was there for pastoral care for the people who live at the missions house. Sometimes they would join us, but it was always our team that would meet together for devos. Talk about how the day went, how everyone's feeling, and we would pray. And each person got to share 
something every day and lead a Devo. So on Wednesday night, before we go to the next church, um, Wednesday kind of broke up our week. My favorite part was that there is a meeting room upstairs in the mission house with guitars and pianos. And, um, and Christy had like a vision that the Lord showed her of us being out on the veranda. Um, this beautiful balcony that overlooks thousands of little lights in the valley below. And uh, we all got together and put our hands out over the city. And we, and so many prophesied, and I, I heard it, and we got to sing. Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Shout Jesus for their families. I speak the holy name of Jesus. And we got to shout the name of Jesus over all fear and all anxiety and over every dark addiction that it has to flee in the name of Jesus. And so we all stretch out our hands and spoke over Honduras. And we just got to share this city is the Lord's. This city is the Lord's, and we got to encourage one another and get encouraged by the Honduran churches that were like, yes, this is God's city, and we are seeing the fruits of righteousness being reaped. And so that's a little bit about my story. I would love it. If any of you come up and ask me any questions, I would love to share. There's so much need, but there is so much hope for Honduras. Yeah, it's an amazing trip. Um, I learned a lot of things. I didn't go on the first trip, um, but I learned a lot of things going on the trip. And I felt I had a pretty good understanding, and I guess I did to some extent, of what we did, what what, what the team did on the first missions trip. Uh, but really going, you know, it just filled in so many gaps for me. And, you know, it only cost five, $600 for your airfare to get down there. But it cost us $1,500 to um, actually go and do ministry. So when you're actually raising the money, you're like, why $1,500? Why, why do we have to raise all this extra money? I'm going and I'm going to work and save somebody's life, you know? I'm going to be there. I will be there if you need me. What do you need mo- all this extra money? And it's amazing how the brigade, we would start, we would leave our little mission's house on top of the mountain, and we'd drive down a bus full of us, and we'd go and stop at a gas station, and we would meet our translators, we'd meet our two doctors, doctoras, we would meet our, (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot you don't know about me now. But I, I, we would meet them. Our dentists would hop on the bus. Our translators, each one of our translators, spirit-filled, I mean, amazing people. Um, we would, and then we would continue down the mountain and then up against these, uh, me and Brooke always use the word favela. Maybe you're f- familiar with that term. But the, they would, they built their, they've built these lean-to shacks against the mountain and it goes up for miles. And uh, 
when you actually see inside these people's homes, it's like, it's like caves. Our homeless people here are doing so much better than these people who have who are building their homes up in these. So we're driving up in there. We we would sometimes have to drive through, you know, backwards our huge school bus backwards up a mountain, it, like through a cemetery, just to get to some of these places. And then we would carry these trunks full of all this medicine. And what I realized is we are here to do the work. We're here. The $500, it got us here. It got my body here. But all that extra money, it actually paid for the pharmaceuticals. We're able to hire these translators. How many believe that the ox deserves to, to chew on the grain as he treads out the, the soil? And so we pay these translators, and it's amazing to see how we're paying them. We're paying the dentists, and we're paying the doctors, and we're paying the pharmacist, and we paid for all the, all the pharmaceuticals that we're handing out. By the way, these pharmaceuticals that we actually hand out in the churches, I mean, we're just setting up little white. It's amazing how it doesn't matter where you go in the world. I was telling Christy, church tables are the same. You know, those white <laughs> church tables. You guys don't get that clean water, but you got these tables, you know. These are church tables, boy. So we would, we, we would, we would um, set up, you know, our little um, areas, meta, uh, doctor, they'd get a prescription from the doctor, they'd come and get what they need from the pharmacy, and then if, you know, if they had time, they would go and talk to the dentist, and there was always a line down the street of people that we just didn't have time to. <sighs> and then, as we go back to the church the second day, we'd have to tell people we just, we just don't have enough, we ran out of this type of, out of this type, out of this type of Medicine, we ran out of that. So we can give you these other things, like cough medicine for your little kid. But we don't have like some of the most basic, like Sudafed, because we ran out, for example. So it's extremely impactful. But every single person that went through and got care, we'd send them through. And they'd, another portions of our team are split up doing all this stuff. So we've got people helping the dentist. Us, we've got people, we're all wearing scrubs and masks. It was crazy. We're assisting the dentist, we're assisting the doctors, the pharmacists. We're downstairs uh, playing with kids. And uh, um, boy, I'll eat up this time if I'm not careful. But they, we would, we would, uh, my first day, I was like, yes. Because when they, Christy announced the teams, she said, Mark and Twyler are together all day in the children's church. And I was like, sweet. I don't have to pay attention to anything. I'm just going to follow Twyler around. <laughs> I'm just going to do what Twyler does. And uh, there was this girl, and before we, before we, after, so what we would do is we'd, we'd come with all the little kids, 30, 40 of them, and we're downstairs, and something, I mean, I'm telling you, imagine like a cave. Imagine a cave with maybe a little wooden door cut out into the wall. I mean, you're in the underground in the mountain. And we're downstairs in this little area, and we're doing ministry for all these kids. We'd, we'd sing to them, and then we'd present the gospel to them, and then we'd play some games while the, some of the older uh, sisters in the church, they would come through and they'd check for lice, which is amazing. They can, like, identify if a kid has lice, and, like, it was amazing. And these church ladies go through and they check for lice while we're singing for them, and there's this one little girl 
And I just kind of noticed. I said, man, she just smiles so big. She's got two bows. You might see her up here. We're hugging. And out of all the kids, you know, he started off, uh, my translator, he says, who loves Jesus? And they all went, what? And he said, who, who loves church? What? And he says, who has lice? And they all, oh, you know. <laughs> and they all, they all, you know, start pushing each other and accusing each other. It was funny. And I thought, that's funny, you know. Uh, they probably, you know, they're probably doing okay. So anyway, we, we get through it. And as we're doing the, I would do uh, musical chairs. And I was trying to be fair, but I'm watching this little girl. And Twyla comes over and whispers to me. She goes, you love her so much. Why don't you just let her win? <laughs> and I said, I'll do that. So I kind of cheated and let her win. Well, then the sisters go through and they, they check their hair. And she, she was like one of the only ones that had lice. And it just broke. It just got me. And they said, do you want to wash her hair? They said, do you want to wash her hair? And I was like, you know, yes. And I just knew enough Spanish to, you know, when, when I was done, you know, um, I tell her, look at me, mira, mira. And she'd look up at me. She's bent over a chair like this with a barber's bib so he can wash it. I mean, it's just like, what are we doing? They don't have this. And I said, look, mira. She'd look up at me. And I'm telling you, the Lord would like being it would come from a deep place I'd say muy bonita and just the opportunity to get to bless them so it was amazing um, I want to tell you the missions house where we would go and do our medical brigades into the city and the orphan the, the orphanage the, the Rancho Ebenezer where we buy our coffee from are two separate facilities both WGO now, I didn't understand this. There are two separate facilities across town from one another. One's growing coffee, and they actually have a business side to this. And then the other, we're, we're just doing mission work and sending down, sending down teams. And it's amazing because um, we had to see how the coffee has grown, and that was really uh, transformative. Um, but I just didn't get to, I never got to see how, they were two different, um, if you can look on the back of Jerry's shirt here, they've actually got a map, and it's two different places in Tegucigalpa, you know, the, the ranch and then the missions house, and so uh, it, it's just, it, it blew my mind, it felt like, it felt like we need to send trips here three times a year, with twice the size, each one of them, and we need to, we need to uh, buy more coffee, the way the orphanage works, Rancho Ebenezer, is by selling their coffee, everything else is just donation. And I walked in there, and I started to just be so amazed. I said, Mom, didn't Dad tell us that he went down to Honduras and said, before Axiom's even built, we're going to buy all your coffee from you. We're going to clean this little storehouse out. And so I just want to tell you, don't grow apathetic about what's going on in Axiom. Don't grow apathetic about our partnership with WGO because nothing would, would please the enemy more than for that to happen. Continue to pray. Continue to give. And please consider going on a mission trip next time we go. All right. Praise God. Um, well, that was my first time going to Honduras. Not my first mission trip. Very powerful time. Um, what God really showed me uh, and what really impressed me, uh, the hand of God, 
uh, how he uses other people to impact other people and uses other people to speak into your life and impact your life. Uh, the uh, Sunday when we were there, we attended the church service, one of the churches we worked in, and uh, they had an evangelist come and preach. And uh, later in the week, he approaches my wife and tells her, hey, I want to, in Spanish, I want to pray for you and your husband and, and your wife and, and everything. And, and so one of the lunch breaks, he prays for us. And he tells us, he gives us a word of knowledge. He said, when I was standing there preaching in the service, I, I noticed y'all. And I could see Jesus in your life. He said, um, and God spoke to me to tell you that if you'll work for God, God will work for you. And uh, what's so powerful of that, um, so later during the week, uh, I'm working pharmacy. And uh, I believe it was that same little girl that Mark talked about that he ministered to. I, uh, I'm sitting back at the altar. They had the pharmacy set up in front of the altar, uh, all kinds of stuff all over. But I was sitting, taking a break, and I just happened to look up, just watching people in line. I noticed that little girl. She's smiling, and I'm pretty sure she glanced at me. And then I look up again. She's running all the way around to come over to me. And um, she puts her arm around me. Never met her, never seen her. I mean, she's totally innocent. Tells me in Spanish, uh, I love you, my brother. And I tell her back the same. And uh, she says, um, she says, uh, <laughs> losing my train of thought here. <laughs> she says, you look like someone I saw in a movie with a little girl, like a daughter. And I ask her back, what movie? And she said, your movie. And um, since my wife and I have been married, you know, we've, we've had challenges having children of our own. And, you know, we talked about this mission trip. Hey, maybe we'll see, you know, a child that God wants us to adopt or something like that. And, and my wife even said the Holy Spirit spoke to her that, can you see the little girl that I'm going to bring into your life? Can you see her? And my wife and I being one person, one flesh, like the Bible tells us what married, I told her, yeah, we do. I saw her in line that day. That was her. And, you know, I don't know how in destiny that's going to work out, but I know that through that little girl, God gave me that message. You are going to have that little girl. And, you know, uh, laboring there in Honduras, you know, I, I prayed for a woman in evangelism. She had arthritis pain and this pain up here. We prayed three times, and each time the pain, she said the pains were subsiding, going away. You know, when, when you work for God, he will work for you. He will produce life in you, whether it be a soul. I mean, we, we prayed with so many people, salvations. You know, you heard the others. Uh, don't, don't shy away from missions. If God is out there stirring you to be a missionary, to just a volunteer, do it. God has given me the heart to be a missionary. One day, my wife are going to be out there somewhere, pastoring, mission works, pioneering, uh, preaching to people. And, um, and God reassured that to us this week and showed us that through a, an evangelist and through a little girl. Glory to God.
just give it up for everybody because seriously, so many testimonies. You guys can be seated. Thank you guys. Praise God. Um, I really do encourage you guys, if y'all have a few minutes, um, speak to someone with a WGO shirt on um, and just ask us. Ask us about the trip. Um, as Brooke said, so a little north of 900 people came through these churches in the span of four days, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, over 900 people. Um, and a little north of 600 people were prayed for and just they were evangelized to. So praise the Lamb. Um, in that number, there were, I think, about like 200 kids about that. And that's not included in the salvation number. And every single child that went through and had their hair done and their nails done or a boy who was given a comb, um, they were preached the gospel to. And so many of them accepted Christ, just hungry for hope. There was one child um, who the Lord really just, he really highlighted him to me. And so I spoke to him later with the translator. And he's 11. He has a seven or eight-year-old brother and they live alone they see their parents maybe on the weekends because they work but he takes care of him and his brother alone um, and he wanted christ in his life and so we prayed with them and the lord was just downloading words of wisdom and words of encouragement in him um, and so just glory be to god you know and I just, I mean, we took our time to honor our team, but I really want to honor you guys as our church family. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for any donations. I don't know if y'all have me on Facebook, but I had posted, we received funds for 10 extra water filters. Praise God. So as Brooke was saying, so we have evangeliz evangelism stations um, with like our team and also some from like the church that we're ministering to. We have a dental area, a medicine area where they literally talk to a doctor and they, they're able to just um, be diagnosed, be prescribed medicine. Um, so they have dental, they have pharmaceuticals, and then um, the children's ministry and the water filters. So we did three water filters a day giving 12 families total clean water. And I kid you not, if they take care of it, which we ran um, just like how to take care of it, how it works, if they take care of it, this is clean water up to like seven to 10 years. Yes. Not only that, I asked them, I'm like, how much money does this save you? And in U.S. dollars, it's on average from 600 to $700 a year. That's a lot of money. And on average, the average Honduran, especially in these impoverished um, communities, they make on average $2 a day. And so $600 a year, that's over 14, 15,000 lempitas. So that's 15 extra thousand lempitas that they will be able to feed their families with, that they will be able to buy clean clothes and just maybe bed sheets. A lot of these people, they don't have clean anything. And so them saving this money through water filters, through your giving, that is a huge win for the kingdom. Again, and reminding them, hey, every single time that you see this water filter, 
be reminded of the Lord's provision. The Lord sees you. He loves you. And not only that, but he has the living water inside you. So there is nothing that you lack as a believer. So remember that. <sighs> Praise God. Um, I, what Brooke was saying one night, it was Wednesday night after we had visited the ranch and we had met already just hundreds of Hondurans. Um, we prophesied over the city, over the people that we met, over people maybe we saw, over people we smelled to, and over people we didn't even know. We're going to prophesy and we're going to pray over them. And that was just so powerful. Um, and it was just so cool to see in, like, the spiritual way of there are so many people hurting right now. There are people who are hungry. There are people who are in need. Of, of, yes, the basic necessities like food, water, shelter, but of the Lord. And they have no idea right now that they are being prayed over. But they are because the Lord sees them, and he loves them, and he knows them. And in the same way, I know that our team was lifted up in that prayer by you guys. And so seriously, thank you. We, we're one body one accord and one mind and so I just thank you guys so much for words of encouragement and just uplifting our team in prayer because we felt that and so praise God it was a wonderful trip and as our church uh, reaches out to the world I also want you to remember that Honduras is special to us but also special, uh, there are other parts of the country and the world that are special to us. Uh, Ronnie Horton is right here. Ronnie, will you raise your hand? He's uh, been a missionary to Guatemala. His son is there right now ministering. We support them. Alex, would you raise your hand? Nanetti, they're in Cambodia, and they live there half the year pretty much and minister to those people in Cambodia. We also have missionaries here in the United States as well as other parts of the country. So it's very important for us to be involved, and we love missions. What a wonderful thing for us to know how we're connected as a church to Honduras and to other missions projects. It's so important. Thank you for coming today. I hope you were encouraged and strengthened. You know, the whole point in a mission service like this is for us to gain new perspective because we are called to be a blessing right here in Fort Worth. The Lord may call you to a short-term mission trip or... You know, maybe he'll call you to give. You'll, you'll need to be involved in some way. Some of us go and some of us send. So whatever it is that God's speaking to you about, that's what we want you to do today is just feel challenged in your heart and make a commitment to take action so that we're all part of the Great Commission, which is sharing the gospel with our brothers and sisters. And also thinking about what does that look like in Fort Worth? It looks different in Honduras. But the American people that are right next to you are just as valuable to God as the Honduran people. So that's what the presence of this church is all about. So God bless you. Pray over what he would have you to do in response to that in action or maybe in giving. Um, there's an offering that we receive at the back of the church. Our ushers are there to serve you. Thank you for all of you who are, are regularly tithing and giving 10% of your income to the church. It makes this church a blessing beyond the four walls of the church and then also ministering to the families um, right here in our community week after week. Next week is our last week for Christian education um, for this particular season. So make sure that you show up at 930 
to 1015. There's a class right here in the sanctuary, and there's also one at Axiom Coffee. Coming up this Saturday, there is a women's event. And we'd love to have you ladies be a part of our lemonade party. It's going to be a really great event. We have a special guest speaker. There'll be a time of worship. Did that get up there? Yeah. There'll be a time of worship, and there's a charge for lunch, uh, our brunch um, price. So make sure that you um, be prepared for that as well. I think there's a phone number behind me where you can text an RSVP. I'll RSVP that you are coming. And then also, um, if you're attending on that day, if you can just know that you can invite a friend and be a part of that whole event, um, it's a great opportunity to include someone else that might not just want to come to church on a Sunday, but they would come to an event with other girls and, and just enjoy that as well. Would you stand with me? May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and give you peace. I want to pray over you. Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity to just share today through our mission team what you're doing in Honduras and how you can use us to impact other places. Lord, I pray that you would just bless what was said today, that you would seal it in our hearts, that you would bless this church, that you would continue to inspire us and anoint us to not only be a blessing right in our community, but also beyond. I pray for strong families. I pray for a strong church right in this community. And Lord, we just praise you for your word that just has in, just instructed us that we are blessed in order to be a blessing. So we thank you for that. Thank you for the joy of being part of your kingdom work. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. Have a great week.